When I was in high school, I participated in a district uh, reading plan that sent athletes uh, into elementary schools to read books to the kids and talk about the sports they played. I was sent to uh, my former elementary school, actually, Maisie Gable in Red Lion. I might have mentioned to some of you once or twice that I'm from the great town of Red Lion. <laughs> I was assigned to a kindergarten class that day. And when the kids saw me, several of them said, wow, you're so tall. <laughs> One boy looked at me and asked, how tall, tall are you? But before I could answer, a little girl blurted out, my mom is nine feet tall. With all that moms do, sometimes it seems like they are superheroes who are nine feet tall. Our scripture reading this morning is about someone who was nine feet tall. His name was Goliath. But Goliath wasn't a hero. He was wearing heavy armor, standing and shouting and defying the people of God. It was an imposing and intimidating sight to say the least. There are physical giants, and there are also metaphorical ones. A giant in that last sense is a big, seemingly insurmountable problem or issue. I want to talk to you today about how to face giant challenges. We all have them, whether they are personal giants, societal giants, or Global giants. Personal giants could include giant personal challenges in relation to your health, marriage, family, relationships, job or lack of job, other work issues, or some sin, temptation, addiction, or fear, loneliness, discouragement, or debt. Societal giants in our community and the wider nation include violence, senseless, senseless violence, racial discord, the breakdown of marriage, family life, and community, an opioid epidemic that is ravaging our nation and even our community, struggling schools, and the decline of church congregations. So there is the giant task we face together of evangelizing our community, renewing and revitalizing the church and transforming our society. As if that weren't enough, there are also the global giants of extreme poverty, as a result of which thousands of children die each day. There's preventable disease with millions dying of diseases for which we already have a cure. And there's the need for worldwide safe water and sanitation. And that would reduce childhood disease and deaths while also boosting economic growth. These are huge, complex challenges. And by hearing about them, whether it's one at a time or certainly a list like that, we can easily become dismayed. 
or even afraid. That's exactly how the Israelites felt when they faced a seemingly insurmountable problem as described in our scripture reading for today. They saw mighty Goliath, and they heard him shouting at God's people, taunting them and demanding, give me a man and let us fight each other. If he kills me, we will become your subjects. But if I kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and even terrified in the face of this literally giant challenge. What about us? How do we respond to the giant challenges we face, whether they are personal, societal, or global? It has been said there are two possible attitudes when facing a giant. One is to say, it's so big, there's nothing I can do. The other is to say, it's so big, I can't miss. We can learn about facing our own giants from a character in the Bible named David. David was extraordinarily gifted. He was handsome and in good health. He was musically talented. He was a gifted speaker. He had athletic ability. He went into the elementary schools in his district to read to the kids. <laughs> he was a leader. He was successful. He was famous. Yet, and this is so important, it was for none of these reasons that God used him. The Lord said to Samuel, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. Human beings look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that was why God used David, because of his heart. How easily, though, we can judge people by outward appearance. I've certainly been guilty of that. Our society is increasingly obsessed with what is on the outside. Physical appearance, possessions and wealth, status, worldly displays of power and importance, etc. Yet, what is on the inside really matters. <laughs> And sooner or later, what's on the inside, things like character and values, will show on the outside. While we look at what's on the outside, the Lord looks at the heart. David is later described in Scripture as a man after God's own heart. He wasn't perfect. He had a profound moral failure when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and then arranged for the death of her husband Uriah who was one of David's own soldiers. Yet David confessed his sin and repented and God forgave him and used him in significant ways. He was Israel's greatest king. Overall we see in David a picture of what it looks like to have a heart aligned with the heart of God. As great as David was, there would come one greater still, Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's no accident that the Bible repeatedly refers to Jesus coming from the lineage of David. David was a man after God's own heart, 
And Jesus, fully human and fully divine, came from the heart of God to bring us God and to make clear our way to God. David and the Israelites faced an enormous challenge in Goliath. But David knew that no challenge was too big for God. As you think about your giant challenges, do you, do you realize that that's true for you just as much as for David? Do you realize, do you believe that no challenge is too big for God? David knew and believed that. And he was outraged by Goliath's defiance of the living God. David was a courageous leader, and he knew it was time to act. What lessons can we learn from David and how he tackled this giant? First, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Discouragement is one of the enemy's greatest weapons. When you are facing a giant challenge, you can expect opportunities for discouragement, likely a whole series of opportunities for discouragement. And at times, it can be quite disheartening. But what I want to say to you is this. Turn away from discouragement and rejection. Refuse to accept it. That is what David did. And his refusal to be discouraged helped prepare him for victory. David's oldest brother, Eliab, said to him, Why have you come down here? Why aren't you minding your own business, tending that scrawny flock of sheep? I know what you're up to. You've come down here to see the sights, hoping for a ringside seat at a bloody battle. And do you hear the opportunity for discouragement and even rejection in those words coming from his brother? Yet, Scripture tells us that after hearing that, David turned away from Eliab. He just turned away. He refused to accept that. And the lesson we learn here is not to be put off if we are rejected or ill-treated. Joyce Meyer writes, God is not looking for someone with ability, but someone with availability. Keep your heart pure by refusing to allow hatred, offense, bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness to stop you. Second, get involved. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. A fancy and sort of old English way of saying, Saul, I'll do it. I will do it. David volunteered his services. Of the many things I love about Sprite Church, this one is near the top of the list. I am so moved and impressed by the way in which the people of our congregation are willing to volunteer their services, praying, serving, giving. I thank God that you are a church willing to step forward and get involved in God's work. 
And that's critical to us being part of God's solution to the problems and challenges before us as a society and in our individual lives. To face giant challenges, don't be discouraged. Get involved. Third, trust God. Saul says to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. But David replies, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. David trusts God because he knows God is with him. Ultimately, the reason David was able to overcome Goliath was that he was anointed by God. What an amazing word, anointed. We read that Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed David with his brothers standing around watching. The Spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind, God vitally empowering him for the rest of his life. The only way you will be able to tackle giants in your life, in society, and in the world is through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some of you might be confronted with a seemingly insurmountable problem or issue right now. I don't know what challenges you may be facing personally, but I do know that we all face challenges. There is never going to be a moment in your earthly life when everything is perfect. I mean, we could wish that weren't so. It is a proven, guaranteed rule. There, there will never be a moment in your life or my life here on earth where absolutely everything is perfect. And often we face challenges that are so significant that rise to the level of being like giants. And not just in our individual lives, but we also face giant challenges in our society as well as on a global scale. Remember that Israel saw in Goliath a giant too large to defeat. David saw in Goliath a target too large to miss. The Lord was with David. The Lord is also with you. So as you face the challenges before you or before us all, don't be discouraged. Get involved. Trust God. And may God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, as I face these giants, and as we face them together, I need and we need the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We need your presence with us. Give us courage not to run away, not to shrink in fear, not to lose heart, not to give up. Thank you for your grace. 
We pray in Jesus' name. And as he taught us, now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 